So we're coming to the closure of this particular Dhamma session. And uh, just to kind of recollect and remind and guess or to check in with the, the speciality of this situation. These occasions are not uncommon, but they're still special in that they are they have a particular kind of a potency of all good intention and and uh, people gathering together a particular form, which is unlike the form in which most of you live. Um, so this is certainly could be a a storehouse and a gathering. You know, this is where the wheat gets stored, but then you're going to make your own loaves with it. Mm. Mm. Naturally, this presents certain, there's that sort of changeover from the group session and the silence and the cooperative into the kind of helter skelter, pell mell <laughs> clashing. <laughs> gladiatorial combat of city life. <laughs> so, you know, when we come to that point, well, what next? We, we can refer to these texts again, take these texts with you and recollect them and bear things in mind. Perhaps it's important just to bear certain threads, certain key points in mind um, as we move into what next. But uh, though naturally the sense consciousness is always providing definitely something else next, the next, next sight, the next sound. Um, uh, in terms of uh, jitta, awareness, heart, it's not clear what's next. And so that you know, here, what's next is perhaps a sense of apprehension or planning or make sure I get there by 12 o'clock to get the train or whatever it is. That could be the next thing that's actually popping up. Uh, something on that level. And that's true or relatively true, only relatively true, because you don't quite know. The important thing is to just, what can you carry in terms of jitter, intentionality, awareness, particular quality of attention that is steady and um, stabilized, because the body always travels with you. <laughs> so you do leave it, we do leave it, but so that's stabilizing. And then you know the intention, intentionality is the leader. So really establishing intentionality very much anchored or moored or informed by qualities of heart rather than dominated by qualities of sense consciousness, particularly thinking consciousness. And bear in mind that when we come to that sense of crossing a border of any kind, 
whether it's between two people, that kind of, is this okay? Am I okay? Do you really know? Are you okay? There's that don't know space and then leaving this retreat. Is that taxi going to arrive? Don't know. You know, plane on time? Don't know. What am I going to do when I get home? Don't know. <laughs> you know, that kind of tremble. You know, you know. Will I be able to remember practice all this? Probably not. <laughs> you know, just sort of, well, actually, clear the clear the space of that, which which is bound to arise. The apprehension, the the predictions, the uh, uh, and sometimes these predictions have certain life messages in them. Like it's going to be fine. You've been saying that for the last thirty-five years. It's all going to be fine. Or it's not going to work. You've been saying that. Or I've got to do it. You've been saying that. You know. So notice the life messages that come up to fill that gap. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, to just reframe that. You know, in, in Tibetan Buddhism, you have this expression, the bardo. The bardo is said to occur between one life. And the next is a kind of interim waiting room, you know, before you engage with the next life. But actually, this bardo occurs uh, between one, one mind state and the next. Yeah. So when we get to those border lines, we cross a significant border of some kind. You're actually entering a bardo of openness, and in that's where you choose your next birth or something, if you don't choose it, old habits choose it. That is, you know, old habit chooses it. In other words, we go back to the old program and reload it again, because that's the one we know. (laughs) So something, well, we don't, but some instinct, tanha, reload the program, the program of becoming, the program of identity. You know, reload that because that's right on the shelf, immediate. Right? And maybe you know we could kind of just review that moment and not be in a hurry to cross it. This may—I mean—we're not in a hurry means just slowing down and checking what program we're going to be loading. Do you enjoy it? Is it comfortable? Do you feel confident with it? Is it gladdening? Is it brightening? Is it a bit the same old story again? You know, the same old me again? You know, does it have to be? Is it possible that something could review? Okay, next state's going to come up, next situation's come up. Let's review some of these factors of dependent rising and faith and integrity and mindfulness the dependent rising of liberation and so though generally when people work through this um, textual analysis you start off with all the bad news ignorance, craving, becoming Sorrow, lamentation, pain, grief, and despair. <laughs> then to that, you think, Oof, you know. But then the point of it, 
I think it's like a wake-up call, you know, to how this process can sweep in, and then the dependent ceasing begins just with the dispassionate clearing of ignorance, which means one's actually poising over the mind state and not just just jumping onto the next one, but let's be clear about this. What can you do now? Well, the next thing that's going to happen, you can breathe in and you can breathe out. You can do that for a few seconds, three seconds, ten seconds, until the energy system is steadied. And then it's the interesting thing is that when the energy system is steadied, then it's the basis for skillful mind states to arise. Skillful mind states don't arise out of an unsteady mind. Good ideas may, or interesting ideas, but skillful mind states really require that steadiness, ease, absence of pressure. Then, if anything's going to arise, it's going to be skillful. And uh, with craving, we want the answer what to do, what's going to happen, what, what will be. But with chanda, transmute that from wanting the answer to let's do the process and see where it goes. Let's just, just do the process see where it goes. If acting integrity, steadiness, calm, recognizing things arise and pass with clarity, recognizing things are never what we imagine them quite to be, Recognizing we're often de-looking at life through a series of slightly stained glass perceptions. Don't just jump to the next set of perceptions. Try to review clearly. Pause, wait. And see what arises from that open pause state. Now, I think what I find myself some of the most um, uh, gladdening aspects of the teaching are the metaphors and language that is used. Not just the terminology, but the, the metaphors and the similes. And this one, if we, the Buddha talking about nutriment, you know, nourishing ignorance or, or, nour- or, nourishing liberation sense of nourishing Mm. so nourishing as you will recognize is certain care sustained often drip feeding how do you nourish a plant how do you nourish a baby you don't just cram a TV dinner down its throat (laughs) (laughs) I hope (laughs) what will it accept just a little bit at a time you want it to grow up it's not ready yet to eat a full dinner. So you've got to do, 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 do. that nourishing, nourishing. So there's a lot of, you know, quality of, of of how we nourish ourselves and how we nourish the heart. It's never going to be a one-click job. It's never going to be a push button. Just do this. It's going to be try that. That's a little better. That's better than that. 
you know, aspiration is better than despair. <laughs> Staying open is better than feeling stuck. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, it doesn't seem to present an answer, but it's better than that, <laughs> coming to the wrong answer. <laughs> Let's see where that goes, you know. Yeah. And the image is used is, is of um, as the rain pours down in thick droplets on a mountain top, the water flows down along the slope and fills the clefts, gullies, and creeks. These becoming full fill up the pools, these becoming full fill up the lakes, these becoming full fill up the streams, these becoming full fill up the rivers. Becoming full, fill up the great ocean. Thus there's nourishment for the great ocean from a few drops of rain. Sustained. A few drops of rain. And of course, the appropriate territory. Bear that in mind. You know. So, how long does it take for a pool to become full up. Yeah. So we just have to recognize sometimes things are not full yet, just let the rain keep coming down, prepare the territory, prepare the territory. And these forms will arise. In the forms of well, we're just bringing up that analogy of streams and rivers and uh, mountains and so forth. Uh, and we contemplate such a thing. Does the river create the mountain? Does the river carve the valley? Does the, or does the mountain? How does, that, how does that valley occur? If there was no fundamental kind of groove there or, or proclivity to form a valley, then the water wouldn't know where to run. Yeah. So you... Once it does run, it will start to shape the valley. And it will change, it will morph the land, the land will change, it will, it will change according to that, it will grow green. But first of all, we start with just a, a, a earth with a slight, slight dent in it. And you just keep running the water down that and it begins to shape, shape the valley. And as the valley takes shape, it produces life. The life brings forth creatures. And so the whole landscape is changed from something that might just seem like a scratch in the soil. There's a, there's a certain inevitability about Dhamma and about goodwill if we prepare the soil, prepare the territory. And so, what is the territory? Why is territory to cultivate? Uh, we talk about refuges, precepts. Uh, association with good people, people of integrity. So in such a such a it's called a field of merit. That's the right field. It's a you know, so association with with people of integrity is the right field. And uh, you know, kind of begin to let the, the intentions, the practices, the commitments, the uh, day-to-day -day cooperativeness, this tolerance, kindness to bear, bring forth its fruit. This is how it swells. This is how sanghas grow. 
you're familiar with monastic sanghas or to some extent sangha you know broadly speaking is this you know a sense of a cooperative group of people living under dhamma living under dhamma so they create human energy human intelligence creates the proper feel the sangha is called the the best feel to cultivate and we should not think this is exclusively monastic um, monastic sangha is one thing but the what's called the arya sangha the noble sangha those who practice with integrity practice rightly practice clearly practice steadfast so perhaps our, one of our primary intentions is to establish that relational experience with other people this is how it's always arisen you know so I think with for example Ajahn Chah spent a lot of time wandering around on his own and then just found this uh, forest to live in which people would, wouldn't go in because it was they said it's full of ghosts and demons so he thought well, that's a good place for me then <laughs> because it won't be full of people having parties and being noisy or be quiet <laughs> I can handle a few ghosts so he just goes and sits and is sat at this root of the tree and then gradually people gathered round people came round and sitting there gathered round what are you doing? Can I teach me something? Tell me something. So I'm gradually gathering, and then, well, it looks like you need a, you need a, you need a heart, not a couple of little heart prints. And so gradually this thing spread from one person. Um, and similarly, of course, with the Buddha. Mm. And now, if we, certainly in, in terms of Ajahn Chah, you look now, you have something like 300 monasteries over 300 monasteries all over the world coming from somebody sitting under a, a tree mm. with no program no plan no aim no knowledge of engineering no construction no bureaucracy no administration all that stuff tumbles in as people say well I can do that I can't do it I can do that I know how this works okay so then human integrity are really chipping in their bits mm. but you start off with just that okay who knows I can breathe <laughs> get through the day one day get through the day breathing keep it minimal and follow integrity mm. no pressure no demanding no selling anything just stay and allow things to accumulate mm. together mm. that situation sometimes you know, things just go into conflict and uh, with conflict often it means you have to wait so until conditions are ripe and I remember situation some years ago went to to quite um, quite important senior monks were in 
conflict with each other, really couldn't talk to each other, couldn't be with each other over something or the other. It doesn't really matter. It happens. Generally views. <laughs> views and opinions. <laughs> so then, you know, I would, I would be available to listen to one party and go, oh, yeah, that sounds bad. Yeah, okay. Listen to the other party, oh, it sounds bad. It sounds bad. <laughs> <laughs> just kind of holding that, you know, where's this going to go? And after I know, maybe quite a few years, maybe five years or so, just doing that. So eventually, somebody says, I think I want to stop this. We'll just go and whatever, we'll just apologize and start again. You know, it's just what it takes to maintain faith in people, even when they're, they're afflicted and in conflict. Because um, the way it is, is that though we can look at these analyses rather uh, absolutely like there's ignorance and kind formations, yes, but it means there is this potential and we live in, uh, uh, live in the mist, mists of ignorance. Sometimes it gets very thick and sometimes the mist clears. Sometimes it's very minimal, sometimes it's extremely dense. But we're never completely, utterly ignorant, otherwise there'd be no... <laughs> we wouldn't, we wouldn't, none of us would be looking at this stuff from the start. We're not completely enlightened, otherwise we wouldn't need to. So we're in the middle, those with a little dust in the eyes. We do have eyes, and we've got to recognize that's, that's the case for many people. And so you want to keep relating and holding faith in the... the possibility for others to also recognize their, their potentials or where they're going wrong. And this generally means keeping things open for a person to find out for themselves where they're pushing or you know, because you're providing a kind of a mirror and a space for them to experience what they ha what they, what they ha what's happening for them without pressure and without judgment. And this takes time. Takes time. You have to hold the space of unknown. How's this going to work out? Where's the conflict going to resolve? We don't know. But we do. How do you handle the process? Through non frustration, through patience. In one of the suttas, the Buddha said, How do you look after others? while looking after yourself. How do you look at others while looking after yourself? Through patience, non-violence, loving-kindness and sympathy. This way your own heart stays steady, clear, and other people can pick that up that quality. So you just maintain that. We have no answer, but we know how to handle, how to support the territory, proper territory in which realizations, breakthroughs, releases can occur. And then it takes time for that process to ripen.
that some things are fundamental, you know, so it is association with with uh, people of integrity is essential. That's not a kind of optional, it's essential. Uh, it's considered to be one of the essential um, foundations for stream entry is association with good people. Because the, you know, because the chitta exists in relationship. It's a, it's a relation intelligence. So, what does it relate to? Now, if we're completely on our own, it relates to our own moods, feelings, views, struggles, and so forth. Some of it's good, some of it's not, but it relates to our own pattern. <coughs> it relates to our own pattern, our own tendencies, our own for good and for bad. It relates to that. So it creates a particular relational field or, or that, that is very much mine, me and mine. It, it carries that particular imprint. That needs to be disturbed by relational field of another. So you're getting something that's going to change, change the nature of the what's forming. Yeah. Even if the other is just other sympathetic, saying nothing but being sympathetic, that still interrupts the obsession with one with one's own perspectives and views. Mm. This is we might say this is this is the minimum. Mm. This is the minimum. Uh, generally, in uh, any any sanghas, there's degrees of <laughs> of uh, uh, sharing same views and degrees of not sharing the same views. There's degrees of agreement and certain things disagreed. There's a certain sense of sympathy and some people are rather difficult. That's that's the way it is unenlightened beings. So you just keep relating to what is available and building that up and taking, looking at that, returning to that, returning to core values. So this is the way we, we tune into the Kalyana, the beautiful presence of the beautiful in ourselves and in others. And it becomes quite a powerful um, miracle. Certainly in my own experience, the times of, of uh, miracles has not ceased. And So I was mentioning that this occasion when I was uh, my belongings taken away and nearly, nearly, nearly got my head chopped off in India. So that was sort of a low point. <laughs> and you think, well, what next? What next? And I think I went to a, a vihar and they gave me some some robes, uh, and I had a robe 
Um, it's too short because it was Indian. <laughs> and I found a little face towel and found a little, little bowl. They had a spare bowl. And I had a little bag. And I found a toothbrush. Said, okay, that's good. That's enough. Just start walking. <laughs> Didn't have a map. I had this other fellow with me, so we think so. Just ask, ask people. We're trying to get to board a guy. Where's the way? And he said, "Oh, this way." And somebody say that way, and this way. And then he's gonna take on walking along. Because what else are you gonna do? Walk along. Walk in that open in that state. And then you know, for doing that, you know, persistently, and then from time to time, somebody said, "What are you doing?" Oh. Man. What are you? Oh, oh! I'll give you some food. We yeah. get day's food. I'll give you a shelter for the night. Mm-hmm. So it went on like that. So when I got to to Bodhagaya, just this little piece of equipment, and turned up there, and then people started giving me so much stuff I couldn't carry it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Had to give it away. <laughs> so much, so much, so much was given, just through finding a place where there are good people. But actually, they're everywhere. But often, because we're so self-enclosed and independent and shut in, we don't make ourselves available. Sometimes we're just too competent, too self-enclosed. We don't make ourselves available to the goodness of others because of the fear and the anxiety and the sense of being a social burden or embarrassment or something like that. We try to overcome those programs. We say every... and often these days I just go, I've walked across Britain, across southern England, uh, a couple of months. Which just, I did have a sleeping bag. <laughs> and uh, same sort of thing happened. You just walk back to faith, who knows. You know, if I don't get fed one day, I, you know, I can survive at least a few, few weeks or so without food. So just keep going and see what happens. You turn up. Some town or village you've never been to before, just get the bowl out and stand there. Wait. Your mind's going, (laughs) 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 People walking by, you look at she looked like she's got a full she's got a full shopping basket. (laughs) (laughs) Can't ask for anything. Just wait. Half an hour goes by, hour goes by. Okay, it's not going to happen today. Mm. Yeah. There's some bananas. Oh. Yeah. Bananas. Mm. Loaf of bread. Apple. Kind of sort of yogurt. Suddenly appears. Mm. <laughs> yeah. That's a. Uh, yeah. You never guarantee, never guarantee it, and it's just that which happens. Mm. 
Uh, it continually surprises me. You know, I mean, I've made a complete hash of getting a train one time. This train ticket to a train. I came and I, I misread this, the announcement. So the train I was supposed to get on pulled up at the station. And I was looking at the notice board, then the train pulled out again. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I got this ticket, and it's non-transferable. So I just stand there with this ticket. <laughs> Look at it forlorn. <laughs> and the woman, you know, person at the station comes along, what are you doing? I missed my train. <laughs> so I, I read, misread the sign. I think we can do something about that. Let's wait. Goes away. Five minutes to come later, comes back with a little voucher. Here, just take this. Get the next train. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's it's a it's a thing. It's, that that in that don't know your mind can do all kinds of of uh, fear, anxiety, uncontrol can't control this, don't know what's going to happen, you know, stuff goes on. you just got to work with that. And that seems to somehow, just releasing those energies, the fear energy, the compulsion energy, the, I'm, you know, I'm on my own energy, just keep releasing it. It seems to open something that, not everybody, but somebody will pick up. You pick up. You know, and that's the way it's always happened. Or what else happens is suddenly bong, something jumps up in your mind. <laughs> oh that's the one. You, know, you get that. Um, another one of my classical I've never been that good at logistics. <laughs> so I was travelling with a, another monk we were in Switzerland. And it says, oh, you know, you, 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 so you've got to get the train, the plane is at six o'clock, okay? So if we get there by four o'clock in the afternoon, that should do fine. Yeah, yeah we'll get there to, I think it was Geneva, get to the airport by five, trains at, the plane's at six, and comfortable. Get to the airport at four o'clock in the afternoon, four o'clock at six. But six means six in the morning. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, now I always write 18, you know, 17. <laughs> so I think, oh, that's, we got to, you know, what are we going to do? So he said, well, you can't get on the plane, you don't have, you know, you've missed the plane. So you walk around, look at the, um, the, the um, area, the inquiry's desk is closed, um, just stand there. <laughs> Think we do you know anybody in Geneva? No, I don't know anybody in Geneva. Do you know anybody in Geneva? I mean, phone somebody. I don't have a phone. <laughs> so standing there is a friend of mine, and people walking by. Hey, I remember you. And this guy comes up. I remember you. <laughs> When you were a lay person, you were a ski instructor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fancy meeting you here. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right. Have you got a phone? Yeah, sure. Can I borrow your phone? Phone <laughs> 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 somebody up who then says, okay, I'll get you a new ticket. You can re work out the refund later. So we get the, the, the refund. Is that, you know, and they think, this is strange, this keeps happening. Um, maybe it's because I'm a monk or something. But just that. 
that time when you you hit the border of something, something finishes and there isn't a next step and then the mind really goes bonkers <laughs> you know uh, and then that's what you've got to deal with and then that seems to have the result of opening because there are good people and there's goodness in I'd like to say everyone but at least a huge amount of people uh, and it's only through that that we've ever been able to survive and get on and your woman she decided she'd, she'd walk to she was French she decided she'd walk to India she got this interest in walking to India she had a shoulder bag and walked to India <laughs> no money just a shoulder bag and people said, what are you doing? It's Turkey. What are you doing? Walking your own. I'm walking to India. Oh, no. Hey, you better stay here. <laughs> <laughs> just, next day, just keep walking. It's the vulnerability that's helpful. <laughs> you know, it's the vulnerability that, that has a effect because that brings forth that which wants the support. Help. And so it's that, and it's also up to all of us to have that sense of, you know, where is the one who's in need? I can't do this. I can't do that. But at least I can listen to her. <laughs> I haven't got an answer, but at least I could be a friend. You know, and you know, conditioned arising because of that. There's that. Yeah. And then that, he knows somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody. So that, 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 that. Yeah. So it's, it's never exactly the predictable jump, but that, just like the raindrop, it lands on the mountain, doesn't go straight line to the ocean, it kind of meanders and trickles and goes down a crevasse and it eddies around in a pond for a while and it flows on. You've got this kind of fluid movement. Mm. Mm. And if you travel light, keep your heart light, not too many expectations, then you flow much more easily. Too much preparation, too many expectations, too many structures, it starts to weigh you down. So this this is kind of Dhamma as a, a force in human beings coming through the human form and we look at some of these um, um, points these little pools association with a person starts to turn into hearing good dhamma getting some sound advice getting some modelling in terms of integrity or effort or patience there's plenty of that around you associate with good people you're bound to either literally hear or hear with your heart you can hear their integrity you can hear their sincerity you can hear that and it it encourages gives rise to faith we have confidence in ourselves and in the goodness of human nature carelessness gives rise to careful attention you attend to what's suitable to attend to 
give attention to what's suitable. Try to avoid just going into their own black hole vortexes of I am this, I'm never that, I can't be this, I'm not that. Just lift <laughs> to what's appropriate to give attention to. Steadying yourself, following the qualities of the good intentions, the virtue, the signs that appear that are uh, inspiring. That, so that that stream, which begins with integrity, is manifest in human beings, that, that, um, that basic current, you listen to that and you keep going. This is why it's always important to, well, I find it important to have a point in the day when you do recollect you have done the lineage. The teachers or the beings or the aunt or the granddad or something who you still recognize, you can still see and hear their modeling. You know, and carry that. This recollecting is again a, a necessary uh, factor of Dhamma, of Dhamma practice and Dhamma development. And the swamp or the torrent of data information that can come in is really necessary to take five minutes, ten minutes at least, just to switch off and recollect your lineage, whoever that may be. Recollect your your elders. Your ancestors, whether they're alive or dead, those those that dharma transmission, recollect it. Recollect the modelling, what's being presented, the examples, the courage, the aspiration. Okay, that's where that's your stream. You stay in that stream. That stream's going to build up into a pool. Give careful attention to what's worthy of attending to. Mm. So restraint, so mindfulness and thorough awareness, that's another factor. So when we have that foundation of what we hold of Dhamma, you're mindful of Dhamma. So prior to placing mindfulness on the body, or wherever you place mindfulness, that's where you establish it. But the mindfulness itself is established on Dhamma. That's what right mindfulness is. Mindfulness arises from right view and virtue. So, for example, the way the Buddha described this is when your view is straight, you understand you've got a real understanding of cause and effect. You're attuned to producing good causes. You appreciate the goodness you've received. Right. You're in the field of cause and effect, and not just an isolated individual, you're in that. When your view is straight and your virtue is clear, then you establish mindfulness. Right. So that sets up. Now you've got something. Yeah. You can, you know, the mind, the heart is in the right place to then tune in, place itself into these for establishments but right view and virtue comes first so they are they have no specific location apart from your chitta you don't do them for an hour a day or half an hour a day (laughs) 
I mean, you may forget that you return to that, and then you, with that in mind, and what's place your mindfulness on that which you feel is in line with those those uh, energies and those dumbness. Because there can be wrong mindfulness, which is mindfulness, which is a sense of establishing attention on skillful aspects. Or just um, mindfulness has got no heart in it. Just like a, like a, I mean, it's still useful, but mindfulness would just become like a, a way of stabilizing attention, just lengthen your attention span, stay with this, which is better, certainly better, but mindfulness should have this dumber heart in it to be full mindfulness, samasati, fulfilling mindfulness. And then that helps because that then acts prior to any system or technique that we may choose to use. There are a range of them. So, you know, you choose the one, you know, when your view is straight, virtue is purified, then you can, particularly the view of causality, and you can place that part that is thus tuned in to steady, gentle, uh, clear, attention, which is not aiming for something, not uh, stuck in systems and techniques, not clinging wildly to systems and techniques, not I've got to get to this stage or the next stage which are some of the defects that can occur for meditators and of course the problem with the problem or the drawback with meditation uh, is, yeah, you know you've got your hour, but then you've got 23 hours of rest of it <laughs> so how many, how many techniques can you carry that through well if you recognize the heart itself is there all the time and you establish mindfulness on that then then you know then that can can uh, tune you into um, what kind of where do you establish your your heart intentions and how do you deal with the states that arise as you're talking to people as you're busy as you're fi- finding five things that come happening coming at you simultaneously and maybe it says um, I think it's time just a moment to stop pause you know you get the right response because you're aware of causality and appropriate attention I can't give careful attention to this now I'd like to but I just can't so give me a moment then I can apply careful attention otherwise you're just going to get you know a manufactured response or something that's not coming straight from the heart Restraint to the senses, learning to, to um, you know, keep the visual, auditory, even the mental field just pull, pull withdrawn a little, so we haven't got a whole lot of um, particularly mental pressure. So we start a conversation with someone without necessarily having an idea of what I want them to be. We restrain that. So what I want to do is first of all enter 
into a dialogue and we'll see where it goes. Sometimes you meet people who, as they, as they ask you a question, they've already got the answer, they're just trying to get you to get there. <laughs> to that particular answer. How many times do we come seeing somebody with, I want this answer rather than I want the person? I want to connect to the person, see where that, how we can move that way. So it's very important to learn to restrain the mental impatience and eagerness and um, search for certainty. As well as, of course, the need to restrain sense faculties because of the huge media input, dazzling, attractive, horrible, agitating, fearful phenomena that are just being thrust into your attention. And, um, you know, particularly these days we have the whole information deluge from the internet, mobile phone and so forth, really so helpful to know what where that stop button is. Mm. You couldn't have done this retreat if you hadn't did that, if you hadn't done that. It couldn't have happened without that. So, then three kinds of... So this can go on, you know, but um, really getting the sense of where that flow is going uh, and how to then... what kind of actions we can bring can be affected from a clear heart. Um, and really, you can re-enter into the world of circumstances, which means you're just responding to what is coming up. And establish your own purpose, rather than the purpose of the mainstream. purpose of the mainstream, by and large, the purpose of the mainstream is to keep you busy and to confuse you with all sorts of enticements and dazzling phenomena and keep you busy and make some money and then go off in a corner and drop dead. (laughs) 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 So, just check out which stream you want to follow. You find those who want to follow the same stream, and things can only brighten from there. So I just pause.